strap into your helicopter and race through New York City skyline as we make sense of one of the most notorious and divisive films to ever have the G-Man in the title. But is the American TriStar take on the Toho Terror worthy of all the vitriol and hate? Find out along with us as we dive into this much maligned film. This is Kaiju vs. History, Godzilla 1998. Welcome back to Kaiju versus History. This is the massively budgeted and critically derided co-host Patrick, and joining me is indeed a CGI helicopter being swallowed by an explosion. Miles, Miles, hello. Couldn't even give me Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Did did you really want to be Mather, Matthew Broderick in this? Movie? I love Matthew Broderick in this movie. This is going to be no. an interesting episode because I mean it's no. it's documented. In a prior podcast about how I feel about this movie, because <laughs> we did a Godzilla month. Oh, I'm, gosh, I'm af- eight years ago. I am afraid of your scores. We, we are you talking should- <laughs> about you should be Roland Emmerich's written, co-written and directed 1998 film Godzilla. Indeed, this was distributed by TriStar, often called TriStar Godzilla. Um, <clears throat> and it is a licensing the first successful licensing of the Toho Godzilla monster. Thankfully, not the last for an American (laughs) studio and technically is the 23rd film in the Godzilla franchise. But we'll talk about how this is the most redheaded stepchild of all Godzilla movies out there. (laughs) Disowned, disabused. (laughs) Man, I, I got some I got some. Got some things to say about this movie, but let's before get, we get, let's get into let's, it, before we get into it, let's go ahead and say, Patrick, what's in the title? Oh, the title's <laughs> called Godzilla. <laughs> uh, oh, there's nothing, nothing crazy. No, no, you know, Frankenstein conquers America or anything like that. There, there's no real other titles, believe it or not, like anywhere <laughs> in the world, because Godzilla is one of the most iconic monster names of all time. This is technically the third movie to just have the solo moniker Gojira, you know, um, the the translation for for Godzilla, because, of course, it came to the United States as Godzilla King of the Monsters. Right. But the 84 Godzilla was also just called Godzilla, or, you know, uh, Gojira. In- I remember. So in Japan, it was Return of Godzilla, right? No, no, that's that's the international title. I think that's the international title. I think the '84. No, it's it's been it's been a whole season since we <laughs> listened to that, Miles. But I think the that Return of Godzilla, the the Japanese. No, you're right. It's just called Gojira. You're right. Gojira. You're right. And then here, better known as Godzilla 1985. Um, the, the weird, the weirdly, the weird situation where we're like really liked that version of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's not it's not bad. I actually, uh, yeah, did enjoy it. So maybe in the spirit of these things of things that have been much derided and maybe needs a second look, Patrick, you'll join me on this quest mm. of acceptance of mm. Godzilla 1998, because, the, yeah, I mean, as we keep implying, this movie is, um, I mean, I would I would call it the Batman and Robin of 
the Godzilla that's, franchise. It's pretty apt around the kind of same time period. And and, and like Batman and Robin, a very misunderstood movie. Um, <laughs> and, and maligned. Uh, and, and maligned. But because we don't have so much title stuff to talk to, I want to start this episode to talk about the lead up to to Godzilla in some of the other marketing materials, because this film has this? a very famous or should I say infamous tagline size does matter <laughs> yeah do, do you well, remember the commercials uh, oh, all the time the the, I think the poster says it too i re- i think i remember I, like jay leno making fun of it uh or one of those late night <laughs> guys yeah the pretty sure the poster does as well there, there were some other you know taglines and things like that but size does matter was like the big one and I, it's i remember the hype for this movie being astronomical because I remember, and this is a weird thing. I think it was in actually Weekly or Time, the the most visited movie website because that was kind of the oh. dot coms. The the boom was just starting. Godzilla was one of them, even though there was nothing there. Basically, yeah, people yeah. people wanted any inkling about what this movie was going to be like because I mean, in our minds, Roland Emmerich was on a roll in the states. He had Universal Soldier, which was a a science fiction it's action good, movie. Good Van movie. Damme, Dolph yeah. Lundgren. Did way better than anyone expected. Then Stargate, which is mwah, perfect. 1994 Stargate. But, yeah, that that movie didn't break the box office. But no, but it, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that one also did very well in VHS rentals, like as soon as. And, and it still did you know. well, like it cost 55 and made almost 200. So, I mean, it still oh, did yeah. very well. well. I mean, technically, I think that probably did a lot better than Godzilla as far as percentages go but the i mean yeah talk about it, it's 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 a little dicier because the percentages you needed to get were a little bit lower than yeah. like the amount they needed to break even was a little bit lower than say now where you have to break a billion to make your money well the, the um, typical rule is you multiply the budget by one and a half right to get the the, the number that they need to break even because they spend a lot of money on marketing for these films they, they did um and and i remember i, I remember the marketing for stargate there's some some pretty heavy marketing for that film as well his next film independence day was like huge. A, a a generational classic. This is something people watch at it, least once a year. Right there in the middle of the 90s. And it is a movie that overperformed, I think, what, what people thought it was going to to do. And I mean, yeah, I, I personally saw that movie four times in theater smiles. I remember seeing that a lot. Yes, uh, I just um, kept going to like friends house and asking them if they wanted to see the movie that weekend. And that's the thing is, I mean, I, I'm assuming people saw dailies or were like really, really into what he was doing with ID4 because he was I mean, ID4 was two months from release when he signed on to God's when Roland Emmerich signed on to Godzilla. Yeah. So, oh, so and I was I was looking at the, the box office report. Uh, apparently it needed two hundred forty million dollars for it to be considered a success and right. it made 379 what this movie this movie yes. godzilla yeah um and i think independence day made about three times its budget oh. so it was it was a it was yeah. a pretty big smash hit i mean it was one yeah. of the biggest hits of the the 90s right alongside jurassic park the matrix those kind of movies no to 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 the layman like myself at the time like the idea of Independence, I mean, more than three times cost 75, made 817. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, 
I, I remember when I when I hearing, oh, the director of Independence Day is doing a Godzilla movie. I could not be more excited as a kid. Well, it, I was like, wait, I'm going to get to see those special effects in a Godzilla movie. I, I don't know what movie it was, but when I started seeing the trailers for this Godzilla, I was hyped. They do not show the monster. They are super that they understood either that people were not going to like the design or they wanted to keep the mystery about it. And that worked. They showed the foot. They showed a couple of one thing that doesn't happen in the movie, which is the foot smashing through the, the Metropolitan Museum and, and destroying a mm-hmm. T-Rex. That was kind of like a teaser trailer that they did. It was also a commentary or not commentary, but a tease of this is bigger than Jurassic Park. <laughs> Spoiler warning. It wasn't. In retrospect, very much was not. No, no, no. But like that, that size doesn't matter. That's what they were trying to do. Um, (laughs) But things really kicked off in in 1998 when Taco Bell had a huge tie in with with the movie. And there were commercials of Godzilla stomping around in the the Taco Bell Chihuahua at the time was all the rage. Miles, do you remember the Taco Bell Chihuahua? Yeah, and then when Godzilla appears, the Chihuahua says, I think I need a bigger box. Yeah, I I do love the Godzilla commercials. I'm ambivalent on the other ones, but the, uh, those, those were commercials were awful, but they had some very interesting cups. Uh, they, they don't do these anymore, but uh, I guess they do at the movie theaters, but not in like fast food places where they have specialty uh, cups and like lids. No, and they some... sometimes still do that because I think this uh, Burger King did that Spider Verse celebration, and they had like oh. the Spider Man burger, and they had a special um, drink. I, I have the cup holder that you could put in your car from yes. the Godzilla '98 movie, which is oh for your car, Miles. Why? <laughs> Why isn't that so in your vehicle knows right how now? Cool, I am. I mean, yeah, I, that, I, it's these... not it's not in my car, but this is a cool. This is a cool, like well made. These products were pretty, pretty good tie in kind of things. I I don't think I liked this movie when it came out even. And I still wanted to get some of the merch. Get they had a lot of cool game. merch. This I mean, this this was they TriStar put a lot of money in the marketing merchandising. And I mean, I get it. Godzilla is an iconic character. And this was the American attempt. And for better or for worse, this is very much an American attempt that doesn't quite understand the property it's adapting. It, but it, it's still- so crazy how many swings they take yeah. and miss in so many categories well, about how to make and- a Godzilla movie. It's it's almost like they tried purposefully because I, I feel like we a, need to do a coin. You know, you're going to get like heads at least 50 percent of the time. But <laughs> so I feel like we need also need to do a a, lo- a lost film special specifically on American Godzilla movies, because this movie was like seven different movies before it yeah. finally started moving forward. And I mean, as as the director says at the time, Roland Emmerich did not want to do this movie. He didn't care about Godzilla. Um, evident. Um and he he wasn't interested in doing that because he didn't like those kind of creature features. And he told Toho that. And he told Columbia that. Yeah. And they he, came up with a script that they liked and thinking, okay, they're not going to bother us anymore. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and then, then he's locked into a contract. And then, uh, yeah. Like and then Toho said, later. bet. So and this is what I wanted to talk about. For all the <laughs> how, distancing how Toho. zeros is going to be in the paycheck? Uh, yeah, exactly. Toho said, oh, okay. Yeah. So Toho can back off all they want. They can say, oh, oh this is why we did this. They knew exactly what was going to be in that movie. They knew what design was being used. They, yeah, they, they, they had, to, had the script. They had so to they approve. can't say, we had no idea because Toho is so strict on this stuff, guys. Well, like, so included in the list of of guidelines, Toho had uh, there. There were there were even more some that they gave. They just did not follow through on because one <laughs> one of they the, just ignored entirely. <laughs> yeah, one of the the things that they gave to TriStar, they said that could not be in the script was Godzilla cannot die. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> was was the w- one of the one. Another one I thought was very interesting. Godzilla cannot eat people. It does not eat people, which I mean, uh, I don't yes. think he's ever done that. Yeah, but it's, what's the difference between burning them alive with atomic fire or just taking a knock? I mean, I guess because it seems too much like a cartoon kind of monster in, in some sense. Although the stuff that Godzilla would do later, I mean, he's a cartoon monster. Um, uh, Godzilla, and, and literally. Godzilla um, has to have four claws on its uh, hands and feet. They they kind of broke that one because I guess this Godzilla three. has a fourth opposed claw. Yeah, does it does have, have like that appendage. That's right. Claw, kind of like a raptor. Uh, I wonder why. And another one of their rules was Godzilla's birth had to be the result of a nuclear explosion. They they did that, but somehow still managed to make it not America's fault. USA. USA. Yeah. Well, and this is the weird thing is not not getting like actually the inclusion of one of my favorite actors of all time. Whenever this dude is on the screen. I am paying attention. I always light up when I see him. And a lot of times it will be a bit part in some American movies. But Jean Renault is out here doing his best and playing the overt Frenchman and understood the assignment. He knew what movie he was making and who he was making it for and delivers. He's a very cool actor. I like him. He's one of the coolest. I mean, this is also like four years after he did Leon the Professional. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting the Godzilla movie. Yeah, he plays French FBI, French CIA. Uh, He calls him French Secret Service. I can't remember exactly what the anecdote is. Um but it's I, it's I, it's I interesting that he was in this movie and I was when I watched this again and I was like oh every single time I, <laughs> I see his face and I'm like oh, this movie's great we're already starting like, at 10 they they have all you know options to make this kind of like an international feeling film but the, there's so many stereotypes everyone that's not american is is a is a pretty big stereotype where oh, he's asking for are, are, you, are you talking about how every single time that John Renault has American coffee he's like scoffs and is what is this I thought this was the French roast and then the guy's <laughs> yes the French roast from Okan I actually you, you I'm sorry I interrupted you you were talking about the, the croissant joke I kind oh. of wanted that joke to come up more frequently and have him like fall in love with donuts oh like the Tapatopoulos joke that they they insist on using yes <laughs> mispronouncing I don't know. That was I that worked for me. Uh, it's not. It's it's just it's bad, bad writing. <laughs> the, the movie starts with a terrible cliche as well. The, the the riff tracks for this movie points out that they hard establish the 
the the chief on the Kobayashi Maru's nationality because he's eating, he's slurping ramen down, watching sumo wrestling while Godzilla is about to attack. So it's, I wonder if this man is Japanese. <laughs> well, also, I mean, look, to their credit, there have been several Godzilla movies that start out the exact same way. <laughs> a boat in the Heisei, or like I, th- I think I think Godzilla eighty four or Return of Godzilla starts out that way. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that was too. that was a reference to th- those movies where mm-hmm. the um well the Kobayashi Maru yeah. is a uh, Star Trek thing, right? Is that the yes the, yes <laughs> yes the thing that were Kurt cheated? Yeah, but there that that wasn't the name of the original ship from from Gojira. It, it seems like most every time that Roland Emmerich or or Dean Devlin, the the authors of the script, could have like thrown a bone to the 1954 Gojira they decided not to <laughs> I don't know but you do get the moment where he says Gojira and yeah the, that, that's the, actually nice the actress is it's not Godzilla it's Gojira and I was like okay that's that is that you talk about throwing a bone <laughs> it's called Gojira you nincompoop I, uh, I I actually thought that was uh great so yeah and this is Here's the stuff I really like about this movie. Um, uh-huh. so, so like in terms of plot wise, of, of course, it's an American blockbuster movie by honestly the master of disaster. This guy has gone on to make some of the best disaster movies or some and, of the most and some of the worst miles. Don't don't you uh, discount some of these bad ones? I mean, <sighs> I will say he is the preeminent disaster artist. I, I will and say he hits I, more than he misses. The honestly, I, the only disaster movie of his that I dislike is Moon, his recent one, Moonfall. That one is a poop sandwich but 2012 <laughs> is honestly really decent I've, I've watched it once and i haven't felt a need to go back i did well, enjoy the day after tomorrow Tomorrow's great as terrible like, as the title that movie is it was a fun yeah no film. i mean the thing is about his movies is, i mean you kind of have to go in leave your brain at the door the science is going to be nonsense but just sit <laughs> back and watch him break things and that's what the man is excellent at um he has this weird ebb and flow where he'll make a blockbuster movie like White House Down, which has spawned an entire franchise. Yeah, surprisingly, then, a number of sequels to that. Yeah, but it made these weird bombs like Stonewall and well, that one we know why that bomb, but like Anonymous, the the yeah, Shakespeare movie. I, I honestly did not remember he did those movies. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that was him doing the Patriot. Yeah, the Patriot was very popular. You know, that's oh, no, it a, was a big hit. I just didn't realize that was him. Yeah, me, but, me neither. But so, like, for me, like, the idea of this great disaster movie director doing a Godzilla movie, that's cool. And I like the fact that they give a reason as to why it's happening in America, because it's going to. I mean, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Godzilla moves from, from French Polynesia to New York. French Polynesia <laughs> across the Panama Canal all the way up the eastern seaboard, so passing tons Matthew of cities. The way Matthew Broderick's character justifies it is that, oh, this is the perfect island. It's a lot of space. And I, I'm like, I, I don't think he, they're like, you know. How, does he look, sense look, this? Look, look, look. How does Godzilla know about New York I City? I have no idea. But uh. I, I also like, I don't care. It's not something that I'm, I'm that invested in, in terms of like, why is Godzilla in New York? I, he's there. <laughs> um, uh yeah that nico Tatopoulos is our main character for the movie played by matthew broderick well i bet he is he is supposed to be i guess of kind of greek descent he which plays, never comes into play 
yeah, he's named after the the production designer for the film, who we'll we'll talk about later. But um, I don't I don't know if the the writers Devlin and and Emmerich didn't like Tatopoulos, but yeah, that joke about getting his name wrong, it's like very simple to <laughs> pronounce. I, I, I don't think I mean making the main character that person's name. I don't think he disliked him. I'll tell you who he did dislike. Uh, uh, to the <laughs> Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. There, yeah, Mayor Ebert is the the mayor of New York when when Godzilla hits. Which and great great character actor Michael Lerner. I mean, great actor mm-hmm. in general. The man was nominated for an Oscar for Martin Fink, but but always always fun to watch. I I I have always been a fan of his. Yeah, he 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 he's a. You know, a good character. He's not a, a very funny joke on Ebert and and Gene Siskel, but um, he he's a good mayor that is you know out of control and <laughs> flabbergasted at at every point. We talked about the production of this movie, how Emmerich and I think Devlin both went to Japan to you know pitch it to to Toho, and Toho gave him all those rules, and they had a mock up. I think just sketches of what they wanted to do with Godzilla. And, you know, it didn't look like Godzilla. It it looked like a, an American creature feature kind of monster. Mm-hmm. It was part Jurassic park dinosaur. It was kind of part giant, you know, giant creature. And, uh, supposedly Emmerich just gave the ultimatum. It's we either doing it my way or you're going to have to find something else. Maybe, like you said, he was trying to get out of doing the movie. Uh, no, I mean, he flat. He, I, in an interview was from like last year when they were doing promos for yeah. Moonfall. He flat out said he tried everything he could to get out of this movie. Well, you know, history is 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 written by the victors. So maybe he's trying to do a little revisionist history. <laughs> but he, he did say even around, I think, this movie coming out that he wasn't a fan of the original Gojira. And yeah. Or at least he didn't he didn't care for Godzilla films. Didn't like the design of Godzilla either. He, you know, said very specifically he wanted a fast looking monster. And that's he what he like represents. <laughs> that's what he represents on, on screen here. But yeah, the, the following day after the meeting, the Toho chief executive Sao Matsuoka greenlit the project. And yeah, they they said that it was it was it was time to go and basically production from that day to the movie coming out was two years so i i think that's kind of fast for something this big it honestly is kind of impressive for the amount of cgi and special effects and the the shooting that they had to do i think shooting was like a five month shoot and there is on location in new york there was la shoots there's all kinds of you know the Hawaiian shoots for, for the Panama canal, I think, and French Polynesia. So, so lots, lots of shooting on this, this movie. I, I uh, found, I found the, the, the line from the, the interview he's that he said, yeah, let's hear it. Um, I didn't want to do Godzilla, but they made me a deal, which was unheard of. So again, but like you said, it must've been a lot of <laughs> zeros. I said, okay, let's go about this really radically. I'm not doing big belly Godzilla. I'm doing him as a lizard. That was supposed to tell everybody, I can't do this movie. Toho said, okay, we'll call this new Godzilla, the Hollywood Godzilla. Then we can still do our fat Godzilla. 
I said, shit. <laughs> I, oh. I don't think, I mean, having listened to him, several interviews with him, I don't think he's lying. I, I mean, he's always been upfront that he did not care for the <laughs> property to begin with. But he, I mean, he could have always changed it, you know, <laughs> if he wanted to. So, um, and, and here's where I come from. I mean, I want to, I guess we'll, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. This movie stars two Simpsons voice actors. <laughs> Technically three, because Who's uh, third? Nancy Cartwright plays the assistant in the does she are you talking about the scene where like she points behind yeah him so nice it is i didn't didn't clock that it is interesting but yeah you got hank azaria and shearer harry shearer who i mean they all do a ton of voices but uh hank azaria is actually kind of like a main character in this movie and pretty good as yeah he's honestly really solid and character animal the cameraman Unfortunately for everyone that wasn't already established, this movie ended careers because I thought that Maria Patillo as Audrey Timmons was oh. extremely char- charming. Yeah, I don't know. The the the, the, the shtick. I, I had this like, Mandela effect where I always thought it was Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, no. <laughs> because of them being married for X amount of years. Or, are I mean, they still married? It, it's interesting because it feels like they would have tried to get someone bigger for the main female lead i I don't know what she had done was kind of up and coming because i mean she she was doing like decent movies Mm -hmm. um or at least movies that made you know like she was in chaplin and true romance natural born killers um you know a bunch of rom-coms like bye bye love and dear god but fine finally acted uh, is not an interesting character you know it's a little bit of I, sex in the city, know. a little bit of <laughs> I I thought she was perfectly fun. I, I liked her character. Just a lot of cliches. The, the problem was she wasn't the main character. They tried to have a lot of main characters in this movie, and I think that does hurt the script a little bit. But I thought she was fine, but this movie effectively ended her career. Like she did some TV stuff afterwards mm-hmm. where she was a, a recurring character, but like she her her momentum flatlined <laughs> after this movie. I mean, Matthew Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> it, his career had already taken somewhat of a, a downturn after. Yeah, but then uh, he, but then he had election, and yeah, he came back for sure. But like this, the next year, I, I don't think this helped anyone's careers. I guess what I'm no, trying no, no, to no. say. No, no, I'm just saying, like Matthew Broderick and Jean Renault, all like Jean just went back to France, and yeah, yeah, yeah. there more great movies there. Um, oh, what's it? Crimson Rivers. Oh, that movie's so good. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Miles Trisarig's producer Robert N. Freed described, quote, the team that took over Godzilla was one of the worst cases of executive incompetence I've observed in my 20 year career. One of the golden assets of our time was managed as poorly and ineptly as anyone can manage an asset, end quote. That is you know, after the fact, of course, when when the reviews came in and the the dust had settled, this this movie had, you know, large drop offs after <laughs> the the first wave of folks went out to see this. You know, mostly, I think, on the fact, like you said, Emmerich had directed Independence Day two years before and they were very excited Stargate. about it. Yeah, let's let's know about Stargate, more about Independence Day. I but, know, but I, just, I love Stargate so much. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the titular character a little bit. We talked about some of the actors. Can yeah. we talk about the 500 ton elephant in the room, Miles? Yeah, because I, I feel like if this design was closer in approximation to what people know Godzilla to be, the complaints about this movie 
they they would still some would still be there, but I feel like most people would be borderline fine with this movie. Well, when they originally started bargaining for the rights, TriStar and or maybe Paramount or someone licensed Stan Winston to do a Godzilla redesign for a potential movie. And that script was basically King Kong, but with Godzilla, they like I think yeah, I, captured I, I, Godzilla and brought him back to New York. It's why I want to do a Lost Films on the American Godzilla, because there are so many different versions and some serious, some very not serious, some in between. And yeah, Stan Winston doing a design. I mean, well, that's. Do, are you looking in the notes? Do you see this? I see this, it. This miniature. I've seen this design many times. It I, is great. I love it, it. It is exactly what I think of when I think of a an updated version of Godzilla. It definitely looks more Agreed. realistic. It looks also, more. Also, it's not a fat like, belly animal. creature. Like, it, uh, well, he's got a, a thick <laughs> torso for sure. But what one thing this Godzilla does have is the very similar uh, face kind of dog-like legs so it goes back and then forward but this one does have four claws on on feet and hands mm. it, it's i mean i wouldn't say it's great i think it is great for <laughs> compared to what we actually got which is a dinosaur you know like a, a very it's i mean standard if, if looking you dinosaur. see you see pictures of like iguanas and uh, Komodo dragons and stuff, and it definitely feels like yeah. a mutated actual. Looks more like an iguana than anything else. Yeah, like, uh, that's what they were going for was was mutated kind of gila lizard kind of monster because that is the origin for Godzilla in this movie. I just uh, design wise, I think they just skewed a little too far away, you know. And I part mean, of it is they wanted, you know, like I said, Emmerich said to Patrick Tatopoulos the. The character who Nick Tatopoulos is named after the production designer, he said that he wanted Godzilla to look like he can go fast. And I think he definitely achieved that in this design and for some reason made that like a main plot point was Godzilla could outrun the military in this movie. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, again, you got a director who doesn't want to to make the movie, but has kind of um, put themselves in a position where they bluffed and got called on it. Um, uh, Sotopolis's so, yeah. design supposedly took inspiration from Sheer Khan in the Jungle Book and the the huge I chin that, that mm-hmm. he had. I actually like the head of this Godzilla that design a great deal. It seemed like that's where the majority of time and and care was was put in. And we do get miniatures and animatronics of the head in the movie, which are, I, I think, some of the, the better looking scenes of of the monster in, yeah. in close up. Um, do, do you like the design, Miles? Just like in a vacuum, I guess. In a vacuum, I think this is a great monster design. Yeah, I did. The, 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 the problem is, and I mean, and, and I concede this. It's not that I'm a blindly like this movie is great. The problem is the movie is called Godzilla and it looks nothing like Godzilla. I mean, and that's a valid complaint. So anyone that doesn't like it based solely on the design, I got nothing to tell you because you're not wrong. It doesn't look like Godzilla. And that's the big disconnect with this movie. It's called a lot of people. Yeah. That said. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Well, you can go go ahead and say. I was just going to ask if this is a Godzilla design. We're talking it. It's not in a vacuum. This is number 23, uh, basically, of Mm -hmm. Godzilla's that have come before it. Is this the worst design for Godzilla? So 
Is it the worst design based on what Godzilla is, quote unquote, supposed to look like? Yes. Yeah. But I still don't say it's a bad design or even mm-hmm. a bad Godzilla design in, in that it's not the design is bad. It's that it doesn't look like what we know. And and I agree with you that it should look like what we know. So in that in that sort of um, I guess, I guess, measurement, yeah. I would have to say, yes, it's the worst design. But we're not but, just talking about the the look because we when we dive into this movie it doesn't act like godzilla as so well. that is the big problem with this movie is yeah. that godzilla by and large there are some scenes that they they all of a sudden do it doesn't seem to have a personality and in fact the movie even tells you like it's just an animal i'm like no 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 godzilla named creature has a personality <laughs> and it feels like there's a war between either your two script writers or people that were animating the movie because there there are moments where Godzilla acts um, anthropomorphologically, where it's, yeah. it's exhibiting emotions um, and anger, revenge, love. These things are things that we see the creature utilize. What's weird about this movie is it's also stuck in this kind of American F yeah kind of thing where <laughs> very you know, pro-military military well i mean and a lot anything. of those movies were i mean especially coming from roland emmerich of all people but it, it's certainly present and it supersedes that because we see godzilla mourn the loss of the babies we see it get angry and chase nick and um audrey and animal and we also see it kind of have this mourning as it's dying and you even kind of hear it whimper yeah and it, but all that feels out of place because the, the movie doesn't seem to care that it is a sentient creature. And that's the weird thing about this uh, movie. Like, Dean Devlin does, you know, admit in uh, his his writings that they didn't quite understand what to to make of the the end of of the monster at the end. Um, he says, quote, uh, audiences were like, am I happy he's dying? Am I crying? I don't get it. So that was a huge mistake. Had it, I been able to do it? It seems like the movie has an identity crisis. I agree. Had I been able to do the movie over again, I would have made Godzilla an absolute hero and everyone would have been rooting for him the whole time. He he mentioned this in a, a Yahoo Entertainment interview a number of years later. And yeah, the entire movie, it's as the audience, are we on the side of the military? Do we want to see Godzilla get destroyed? And why do, uh, does Godzilla want to destroy things? That's the other question. Or is he just acting like a uh, well, an animal so, and nesting? And it, he doesn't seem like he's interested in destroying a lot of things. You no, know? because you have that you have that scene where it goes up to Nick and sniffs him. Yeah, and then goes about his way. Just starts eating fish. That it, it's very odd. the The destruction is pretty minimal. He bumps into a lot of buildings. I mean, it's the vast majority of destruction in the movie is from the military. There, there is that, which again, this, I I will say this movie does not know what it wants to be. Cause like you have, Oh, the military does this, 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 but also the military is the one that destroys the Chrysler building. I mean, they they destroy the flat iron building. They destroy Chrysler building. They technically destroy Madison square garden. Like the, the only the French do. It, well, oh, yeah, it was, I guess it's the military because they do the airstrike too. Uh, um, yeah, but yeah, they, like all the actual destruction in the film is really on on humanity's not, part. Not all of it, because you know we see what Godzilla had done, like going through the uh, what was it, Meth Life Building. Yeah, that that's the only one. Well, we don't actually see him do that. We see the 
Well, after the, but we, we see the Godzilla shaped hole. In the, yeah, it's <laughs> just a building. giant hole. And it's like, how did that building stand up to a 500 ton creature just like jumping through jumping it? Through I guess it, like, yeah. I, I don't understand <laughs> the helicopter flying through the hole. And I'm like, what are you doing? Well, Because <laughs> later on in the film, Godzilla scales a building kind of like King Kong climbs up and like screams out into the, the night sky. It, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> no, uh, again, th- this is the core problem with the movie as a Godzilla film is, is Godzilla is not a character. It is. And they repeat this. And it's uh, listening to Emmett's interviews. It's what he wanted. Godzilla is an animal. Mm-hmm. And as such, I can't help feel for bad for this animal because it's an animal that was like mutated by inter- interference from humans. It's mm-hmm. going to lay French. its eggs. Yes. Yes. The the French. It's trying to lay its its asexually produced eggs. Eggs. Uh, ostensibly for the first time in history, if this thing was made in the fifties, this is you know it it hasn't done it, it's not laid other right, eggs right, right. for like forty years. So it's been growing this entire time, and this is the first time, and it decided to go to New York to do it. Um. But yeah, I I feel bad for him personally. I don't think in any way the monster is a hero. It's just an animal, which really so makes this not a Godzilla. I, I did hear that one version of the script before they rewrote it was that there was another creature that Godzilla fights. Oh, well, that was part of the Stan Winston. Stan Winston also designed a chimera. Yes. Like but monster. I, I, th- I think the first pass they did for this movie still had some sort of other creature that it oh, fought. That Dean De- Devlin and Emmerich wrote. I don't know that I saw that, but I, I know well, that he I, I know he reacted to wanting to take out the other monster because he didn't like he didn't care about that. And well, the the original planning for the movie, I can tell you, they did want to do a lot more animatronic and motion capture because they had a Godzilla suit created and they just decided that the CGI would hold up better on on close up for the film that they were, you know, using. And so they switched up early in production and ended up with 185 CGI shots of Godzilla in the movie. And Godzilla's only in the movie about 13 minutes. So it's it's the vast majority of them. You can tell, like I said, some animatronic ones. There's a a, a one six scale animatronic that they they made. But it's it's very rare that you you see that. Um, what did you think of the CGI, Miles? I mean, you know, almost 30 years later, it's looking dated now. But I, for the hmm. time, I thought it was excellent. I I think the first third of this movie and it's when you don't see Godzilla that much. It looks the best. And that is the part in daylight. You know, that is when we see the monster in in the rain as well mm-hmm. and it looks pretty good then i don't know why it gets worse when it gets dark there there's a couple of shots I mean, there's still some great shots but there's a couple of shots that and again that stuff doesn't bother me because i don't really care um and i mean also it was 30 years ago this mm-hmm. was still top of top of the line at the time this this was cutting edge when it came out it wasn't like oh they had to be at bad cgi like when this came out this was a big deal um i I think I agree with you that like sometimes it definitely looks better than others. I, I don't know if they cut some corners or because there I are certainly some scenes where it's you. like, what happened here? Because just 10 seconds ago, this thing looked incredible and it feels like it's less rendered here or something. I don't know. It, yeah, no, exactly. It, and I, I've seen some explanations that the the way they 
kind of treated the film after the fact. Like it, it looked great in the theater, but when they they ported it to the VHS and the DVD, they didn't use like the proper encoding or you know transfer, and mm. that made it looked bad. And that's that I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons it didn't do as well in the VHS or those kind of markets. But the, apparently, they fixed that with the recent. I guess recent within the last 10 years, 4K release of this, which well, I 4K, the, the, the what's on Hulu is certainly not the 4K release. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just it's not it doesn't it still doesn't look very good. Let, let Before we get off of Godzilla, let's talk about Godzilla's babies in the movie. Miles. I <laughs> think those things look great. Well, I, that's the other thing. I, they are they are a mix of CGI animatronics and pseudomation and super interesting pseudomation too because it's people in these suits bent over running and uh, being balanced by the tails the suits are amazing i think Mm -hmm. they look really cool it is just kind of a rehash of the you know raptors from jurassic park a hundred percent that's what the scene and that's why i said that the the stomping on the (laughs) t-rex was a reference to uh, Jurassic Park because they, they were a hundred percent aping that here. <laughs> well, and then there's there's a, there's a part of this the sequence when they throw basketballs and gumballs on the floor and the these newborn Godzillas are slip sliding like a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's not their best look. And then we get a scene where all the babies die. <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah. I understand it's like also kind of an existential threat to have like hundreds of Godzillas, but it's like they weren't that big. Were they that big of a threat? Even yes, then? because so what Nick says is they're born pregnant, which is weird. Oh, and that, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and that they they would reproduce very quickly. And so if they got out, that they would they would rapidly exponentially increase in population. It's it seems like they could have. I don't know, gassed, <laughs> gassed them and put them in pens somewhere. It, it, I mean, I'm I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that's, I'm, what, that's what that's that's what Nick said. That, that is I'm going, the I'm going by what the man said. Solution is these babies, these newborn babies must die. <laughs> well, and again, it's 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 the weird disconnect that I don't know. It's 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 just odd. Miles, did, did you actually like Matthew Broderick in this movie? I did. I I love Matthew Broderick, and I think he's perfectly fine. As his character, <laughs> I think his character's not extremely well written, but I think he's he's affable. He's he's um, I thought he was charming. I like his chemistry with um, Audrey. I yeah, I, I thought he was perfectly fine. I Ro- have no problem with Matthew Broderick in this movie. Roger Ebert's review points out Matthew Broderick saying, quote, he plays Nico Totopoulos, an expert on the mutant earthworms of Chernobyl, who seems less like a scientist than like a placeholder waiting for a rewrite. Insert more interesting character here. <laughs> oh, boy. It just, well, I mean, I, I guess I, I don't know. It's It seems so weird that the military is like, we need this radiation worm guy to help us track down this giant I mean, monster. It, again, I, I, do, I do agree that the script probably needed another pass at some of the logic in this movie. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. Let's talk about this in comparison, I guess, to other kaiju movies, other Godzilla movies. Doesn't feel like a lot of other Godzilla movies, obviously. And, and part of that is Godzilla doesn't act at all like any Godzilla, uh, mostly because this is a killable Godzilla, which is kind of the opposite yeah. of of how the, the character has been portrayed, which 
I, I mean, mean again, all, all Godzillas can be hurt, it seems, but not by usually man-made means. It's this is this is really one of my deep, deep problems with this movie is because the it seems like the what the, what they're saying is that the Americans can't conceive of a monster that they can't just take out with their military. Yeah. And and that really does hurt the movie. It hurts the character. Um, it's honestly, frankly, not the most interesting angle to go come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm speaking as someone who very much enjoys this movie. But yeah, at, at that aspect, and that was something that I think one of the Toho guys had said um, in yeah. in talking about this movie. And I was like, no, nah, I agree with that. I, I don't think that your typical missiles and stuff should bother this creature. But if it's just an animal, as this version purports, I I see what Roland Emmerich is doing. Well, it's- and again, the whole thing, I, I guess I keep coming back to the whole thing was a bluff. Like, Emmerich <laughs> didn't want to make this movie. Um, well, it's, it's weird that this, this German director is so keyed into the American consciousness because it very much is. Um, it, it's one of the things that definitely worked the least for me in this film. And it's not just that it can be damaged. Godzilla can be hit with missiles, tanks, and, and take damage that will eventually kill it. It's that when it does take damage, it doesn't fight the military almost at all. It mostly runs away from, it, it, that, from the military. It's very weird uh, in that. We we do get a scene where it's okay, well, it can definitely outrun the tanks and, and the people in like Humvees, but they send in three <laughs> attack helicopters at a time that they say are traveling at 80 knots and Godzilla pulls away from them so they can't at 80 knots which is 92 miles per hour miles catch up to Godzilla and then there's like a scene where there's cat and mouse as Godzilla is like tricking helicopters and destroying them so Godzilla does like I mean I guess he doesn't technically eat them but he he eats and bites the helicopters that they're in and, and they die um it, it just yeah it just doesn't work in this movie sprinting Godzilla just feels odd <laughs> and <laughs> it 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 doesn't make sense logically in the film because it can sprint away from attack helicopters oh then all of a sudden at the end of the movie they're like okay the climax is going to be godzilla is chasing this new york city taxi cab and it's re- i can't catch it you know it's it's the peskiest taxi in in new york city I mean, it does catch up to it. It is faster than it, but it can't step on it or but it keeps trying to bite the taxi and misses. Yeah, but it, it destroys three attack helicopters like Apache helicopters. No, no problemo. The, the, the movie a lot of folks online and reviewers have compared this to Miles is not a Godzilla film, but another American monster movie, The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. I can see that. Both movies have a setting of NYC. The monsters come into the city from the fishing wharfs in their first appearance is more of a kind of dinosaur like actual design uh, or, or more like a living creature. They both make meet their end in a jungle of steel. It's a roller coaster for the beast and the Brooklyn Bridge for Godzilla. And each monster kind of has crashed through buildings in, in the film. And yeah, each movie also has a second to third act crinkle in the plan of, of how to kill the monster, because in the beast, it has like radioactive blood or deadly poisonous blood. In this movie, you find out Godzilla is pregnant and has 200 kids and they're like, OK, well, now we have to deal with these. But yeah, both are killed by 
I guess they, they differ in that they have to make a special bullet to kill the beast from 20,000 fathoms. And like I said, they just fire missiles at Godzilla at the end of the movie. But yeah, the, the other films that kind of come up is th- this movie has a scene in it. Like I think it's like someone's watching a TV that has 1955's It Came From Beneath the Sea, which was you know also by Harryhausen, I believe. And that also has a very famous kaiju bridge scene in that movie. So, yeah, it was fun to see that in there. It does feel like it has more connections to those 50s American monster movies, uh, I would say. Than yes. Ojira or any of the Godzilla films. And I think for me, that's what I like. Uh, not what I like, but why I like this movie is that it does feel like, hey, let's get this big budget genre director to make a 1950s creature feature. And it is unfortunate that the name Godzilla is associated with it because I think if it were called anything else, people would be having a blast with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a favorite scene, Miles? Something that uh, sticks with you well, in the movie? I, I got a couple of things that really stick out for me. They're not necessarily favorite scenes. Um, I think my biggest criticism with this movie is the fact that somehow everyone who has headphones and listening to music seems to have noise canceling properties <laughs> well it doesn't make because, any sense because uh, they're, they're the slip-on headphones that fit over your ear not not the overhead ones the little uh-huh. ones that look put on there and you got the little, the little foam thing separating the <laughs> actual thing from your ear yeah you, you uh, can't hear helicopter lands <laughs> behind nick at the beginning of the movie who seems unaware until things start blowing around oh because he's listening to Seeing the Rain ad oh, nauseum. Yeah, what, what a psychopath <laughs> Nick <laughs> Tatopoulos. But, but it happens again where, like, some other guy's listening to music as Godzilla stomping around and doesn't notice anything. I'm like, all right, well, there's... I had those earphones. I could hear people <laughs> talking to me from across the room if, yeah. I, if I felt like it. Well, the, the joke is um, Harry Shearer doesn't see the giant Godzilla passing behind him. Every time he looks around, Godzilla's not there, and then the tail pops up. But very early on, they established that Godzilla's footsteps from blocks away shake the ground so violently it sets off car alarms. <laughs> Godzilla passes <laughs> yeah. by the building and he doesn't feel it at all. That's that's why I, I want I want I want to copy these headphones, man. I want <laughs> I want to see how these work because they they take you places. Um, uh, but, but as far as my favorite scene, I actually really like the mass and Westbrook Garden stuff. I think it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, it it it, it adds a good amount of runtime to this movie but it is yeah it the most interesting part i, I would also I would agree godzilla um hopping into the hudson and <laughs> taking on three like uh, sea submarine submarine yeah, yeah i thought that was pretty fun yeah um there, there's a lot of fun moments in this movie like there's not a lot of there is a lot of destruction but there's not a lot of godzilla destruction you pointed that out earlier like he does smash into things constantly like he's not careful around the vast vast majority of the time he is effortlessly running through the city and like making hairpin turns and he's still breaking stuff let's let's not every once in a while yeah he'll he'll hit a building and there'll be some some masonry that like flies everywhere but i mean he he also took out a big corner of a building too like when he turned mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. one time and his tail's knocking things but you're right like it's most of the military that's like knocking these buildings it's over just, it's so funny that they have one of the most iconic cities in the entire world and you know there's no 
The Twin Towers were up and standing, yeah. Miles. There's no Twin Towers in this movie. I don't even know if they show them. That there's no they, they reference them because it's the biggest disaster, the World Trade Center bombing. Oh gosh. The first one. Yeah, the first one. <laughs> they they don't use the Statue of Liberty at all in this movie. You know, we have to no. wait till Cloverfield. Cloverfield. To- Get that to, idea. To, for, for, you know, we gotta wait for baby Clover to go bowling with the head of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it's just the um it is crazy that like the, the things that we use are like the flat iron building, which is like a set location, and yeah. uh, Madison Square Garden. There's just there's so many so many places that are truly iconic to um, uh, oh, I, I also love Gene Siskel giving Ebert the thumbs down at the end. That's it's so silly. We'll we'll talk it's about so that silly. when we talk Ebert's review. What about of this. you? Did you have a favorite scene? Well, I think it's really just that first introduction of Godzilla on the island. Um, although in retrospect, it makes zero sense that this old fisherman's line is pulled away from him. Did he? Did he get it caught on Godzilla? Because Godzilla is coming towards him. <laughs> what happened there? But. Godzilla stomping through the fish market, Miles, is great. It is I mean, he's slowly walking, so we have a slow walking Godzilla then, and he's moving moving through, tearing up fish carts or, or, or fish trucks and just being a menace. And and that's that's the part that worked. And and the, the lead up to Godzilla, you know, the giant footprint, the 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 chase across the Panama canal and them investigating that all works really well it's so funny because the first third of this movie is kind of actually great <laughs> it's, it's just really when they get into the quagmire of new york city that i feel like it takes a, a turn for the worse like it takes 30 or 40 minutes to to get godzilla in front of the camera i think that's it takes a while before we actually see the entire monster but everything up until that point it's really good, but unfortunately, we have an hour and a half of movie left after that, <laughs> and they don't use that time. They don't use that time. Great, I gotta say. <laughs> um, well, let's let's just dive right into it then, into our ratings. <laughs> oh gosh, there's there's so much so much to talk about here, Miles. Well, no, 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 we can't dive into our range. We have to talk about past criticisms, including Roger Ebert. No, no one was critical about this movie. This movie was. Well loved the world over. Roger Ebert gave this one and a half stars. He gave this movie as many stars as the original Gojira. <laughs> Miles, yeah. He his quote says, um, "A big lizard is created by special effects, wreaks havoc, and is destroyed. What a cold-hearted, mechanistic vision! So starved for emotion or wit, the primary audience for Godzilla is children and teenagers." And the filmmakers have given them a sterile exercise when they hunger for dreams. Oh, geez. So he, he was pretty nonplussed about the his portrayal in the movie as the mayor. He he, he, he at least pretends to be. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. If that happened it's to me. Not, it's it like, is not a flattering portrayal at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's it, it's just kind of a, a silly joke in the movie. But it is is one that's like the, the filmmakers knew they were not going to make something loved. By oh, no, because Emmerich, Emmerich was hated them both because of uh, them trashing Stargate and ID4. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that, that's what their, their thing is. This Godzilla 
critic and Godzilla fan Richard uh, Pusateri distinguishes from Toho's Godzilla by calling it Gino Godzilla in name Godzilla only. Name only. Yeah, which the the actual name is by Toho officially by Toho is Zilla. And some people were just like, well, they took the god out of Z- Godzilla, so we're just left with Zilla. That is also, of course, you know, just a general term, you know, hyphen Zilla is for a giant monster. So a generic giant monster is 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 how well, this movie is is and when that when that monster will appear in Godzilla Final Wars, they even say the Americans thought they had Godzilla, but it turned out to be something else. And uh, yeah, that mm, I think that's actually in one of the Mecha or no, that's it. No, it's in I, Final Wars as well. It's against Mecha guys. Guys, in Final Wars, it is Zilla. Zilla is represented. No, no, in no. The but they talk. But when uh, the one American in that movie with the mustache is talking about the different monsters that were coming out of the woodwork, because the the Zillions, I think it, you the, might be conflating the the two to do different films. They they do talk about a. No, I, I promise you, they talk about specifically Zilla when they said the Americans thought they had Godzilla and they do that. Yeah, that's actually two Japanese cadets, I think, in versus Angiris, or, or I forget which one it is. It's one of the Millennium movies. You are correct, but that they say, yeah, didn't the Americans have a Godzilla attack in New York City? <laughs> and they're like, no, no, that was that they yeah, thought it, it was it, Godzilla. It, it, it comes up more than once because they were trying to like overcompensate because <laughs> I. I haven't seen versus Godzilla except once or against Mecha Godzilla two or whatever it's called. Um, it's one of those those million films yeah, that was not I, GMK. I I've watched Final Wars several times and they do <laughs> name check it. Uh, oh, I mean it's more than name check. Zilla is in Final Wars. You yes, know? <laughs> he, it, gets, it, he it, gets tail slapped by Godzilla in the most disrespectful way. It's in front of the Sydney Opera House. For some reason, it's so funny that the American. Um, monster fights Godzilla in Australia, and Rodan goes to New York City. Is that I, I might be confusing the monsters for that that film? I mean, I know for a fact that Zilla's at the Sydney Opera House. That that definitely happens. I can't remember where Rodan is because the big moment was like, oh man, they had them trash the they had them trash the American Godzilla. Let Let's talk about our ratings, Miles. I. I would love to hear your your enjoyment for this film. We'll, we'll talk about some of the other things like the legacy for the film after the fact. I, I do want to get to your rating, sir. OK, <laughs> your personal uh, so, enjoyment for, so for my personal enjoyment. Eight out of ten. I think this okay. movie by yeah. itself as an American monster movie is a lot of fun. Flaws and all. This is just an enjoyable blockbuster picture. And if it had been called anything else, I think people would be really celebrating this one because it's it's a lot of fun. Yes, I understand that it's not Godzilla. But if this movie's on, like it's it's super entertaining. The special effects for the time was cutting edge. Like I I think this movie's a blast even today. Mm-hmm. I think the characters are fun. Jean Renault's in there. And most importantly for me, Green Day's in the soundtrack. Oh, you get a god. You, I get a Godzilla remixed brain stew, which has the Godzilla roar in between the iconic <laughs> guitar riffs of brains. And then you get Godzilla's roar. It's That's, it's, it's a great perfect. version. You got Sean Puffy Combs and Robert Plant doing like yeah. the main you, title. You, you also have that. But the most important thing is you have a remix of brain stew. <laughs> Eight out of ten. It's, it's you know. It, I honestly was hoping you wouldn't go too much higher. I, I'm rating it a seven out of ten for personal enjoyment, which is 
very good, I think, on our scale, because a lot of this movie is very good. It is very well put together. It does have the destruction and the mayhem I think you would get from an Emmerich film. It, it is entirely too long. It goes in circles at one point that makes its two hours and 19 minutes runtime feel very bloated. It is exacerbated by the fact that Godzilla, like I said, is only on screen for 12 minutes. But the, the, my favorite part of the movie, Godzilla's not on screen. It's the, the buildup to mm-hmm. him coming in. So I think you could have cut out a little bit of the middle part and maybe make this a a, a tighter, tighter film experience. Um, but yeah, there there's some fun characters. And um, I mean, it, it is two and a half hours almost. And Godzilla just eats some fish runs away from the military and then dies. Uh, so yeah, seven, seven out of 10 for personal enjoyment. I'm considering that very low though for this director because oh, we didn't talk about Stargate too much. I love Stargate when I was a kid. Oh, I absolutely I, I think, loved I think it was Independence a Day. I love that movie so much. Lo- loved loved his previous outings. So definitely saw them in theaters. And I, I'm pretty sure I saw this in theater once and I was like, all right, that's good. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. I, I, I definitely saw this when it came out in theaters. Yeah. All right. So what about the technical aspect? I guess I, guess I can start off on the technical use. I'm giving this a seven out of 10 as well for this. And it's mostly getting dinged for some of the CGI, some of the design choices and that script um, for, yeah. for Godzilla. The, the first half of the movie where we don't see a lot of Godzilla, it's not just that. It's also he is framed properly in New York City. That shows his scale. You know, it's from the ground up. It's or it's just the foot. And it makes the monster look very intimidating. And that's the best that he looks in the entire movie, because the rest of it, it is so the the action is so zoomed out. You're seeing Godzilla from so far away. It just looks like a small dinosaur running through these buildings. Uh, It's just it's just a. It's a bad idea. They did have a lot of great miniature work in the movie. Like you think some of these buildings are CGI, but they made like a, a full model of the New York City skyline. And I think it's just because of the way that they filmed them. It kind of looks a little fake here or there. Miles, this is a this is a script that does require a couple rewrites, a couple more paths. The acting is not good. I don't think anyone makes a, a great impression. Maybe minus Animal, minus Hank Azaria. I think he's kind of fun in it, but um, leaves a lot to be desired. Like I said, especially compared to how fun Independence Day was. And Independence Day had like twice as many characters. I feel like too. That's the other. Yeah, thing. it had a lot. Of, it had a lot of moving parts, and I cared more about almost all those characters, including the uh, the stripper and the the first lady. Like their story, I cared more about than. That's the other thing that. that because Godzilla is not destroying buildings willy nilly or like actively attacking humans, there's not like that much threat in the script, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I originally rated this a six out of 10, but I'm, I'm going to stick with my seven out of 10. Um, I, I thought I might <laughs> drop it down a little bit in our conversation, but it's, it's not that bad of a movie technically on, on the whole. What about you, Miles? 
Actually, I'm I'm aligned with you here. I think it's a seven out of ten. I I do think the script is a massive, massive problem, mm-hmm. um, because it has such a weird identity crisis on what kind of movie it is. Is it a Godzilla movie? Is it an American monster movie? Is it something else? And it try. There are times where it's so awkwardly written because it's trying to do all three things, even if that's not the intention. It feels like it, and it doesn't seem to settle on anything. Um, I I personally think that all the actors are perfectly fine. Um, they're a lot of fun. I, as a Godzilla movie, the design is questionable. Outside of that, I think the design is still great for a monster. Mm-hmm. It looks great. And I, yeah, I'd like to see with the 4K to see how this CGI has been improperly transferred because maybe that changes things. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's the thing. It is it's, it's very watchable, but it's... I mean, a lot of kaiju movies, even if they're bad, are watchable for me. You know? Yeah, and this is uh, this is very, very watchable. I think it's actually extremely watchable. That said, I think in terms of the the, the script is uh, the thing that's holding this movie back. Mm-hmm. And so I, I agree so much so that, yeah, I have to stick with my seven. Um, okay. You know, what do you, what do you feel about the evocative nature of this movie? How, what how's it hold up in the annals of or how how, how is it as an influential kaiju film oh i'll rip the bandit off this is where it's losing the most points because soulless on our scale is a four out of ten and that's what i'm giving this movie it is it really does feel like nobody cared about godzilla like in the entire production of the film and what you're left with is the least godzilla godzilla movie ever made and maybe ever will be made and it just serves in kind of like the middle of Godzilla's existence, you know, whoa. I mean, I guess this is, you know, close to the 40th anniversary, but the, the 30th had just passed a few years prior for, um, I don't know, the 40th had just passed, right? Because 54 to 94. 40th anniversary had yeah. just passed for Godzilla. So it, we're, we're halfway through Godzilla's, you know, lifespan up until this point. And it basically did everything wrong that an American film studio would have to to learn from and correct if they ever wanted another shot at Godzilla. We wouldn't get that next shot until 2014. So <laughs> almost 20 years later. Um but yeah, like you said, if this was a random kaiju not named Godzilla, this would be closer to a 7 or an 8 for its evocative nature because it didn't have those expectations of of what that kind of movie meant. You know, a, a good example was like the Rampage movie that came out a couple of mm-hmm. years ago. Those had, you know, very similar kind of Americanized giant kaiju. And <laughs> it would have been a lot worse, that movie, if one of them they called Godzilla and it just looked like a right. giant crocodile. <laughs> it's hard to explain. I think that's why some kaiju fans don't like this movie. I think it's why a lot of Godzilla fans especially don't like this movie. Um, but yeah, it's like they took Batman and made him afraid of criminals or afraid of heights. They they took Spider-Man and yeah, ma- made him not want to jump off buildings, making Godzilla just like afraid of bullets and missiles. It just it doesn't make any sense. It's, you know, one of the major defining features. We didn't even talk about no atomic breath, Miles, the other major thing that Godzilla <laughs> is known for. Uh, Godzilla in this movie breathes fire twice once but he doesn't breathe fire he breathes like hot air that combusts yeah how why (laughs) it it comes out and 
you know, he Godzilla also doesn't use that when it can't reach this car it's trying to destroy in the the Lincoln Tunnel uh, towards towards the end of the movie. Uh, yeah, so a four out of ten. Um, I'm standing with veteran Godzilla pseudomators, um, Haru Nakajima and, and Kenpachira Satsuma, of course. Almost everyone associated with Toho were asked about this movie, what they thought about it, and the, <laughs> Nakajima had some disparaging things to say about the design, but Kenpachira Satsuma said, you know, while watching the movie that year, I think during the it wasn't G-Fest, it was G-Con back, back in 98, said, quote, it, it's not Godzilla, it doesn't have his spirit. And I'm translating spirit to mean soul. This movie doesn't have the soul of a Godzilla movie. It has the soul of a kaiju movie, certainly, but not one that that deserves the title. So 4 out of 10 for me, I... I, I tried looking at raising that score, but it's it's hard. <laughs> but what about you, Miles, for its evocative nature, where it stands as a piece of art in kaiju cinema history? So one of the things that I always take into consideration is the the where it stands in terms of the impact it had. Mm-hmm. And um, that's 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 always been something that I've harped on. Um, I've done it a little bit less so in the, in the 70s and 80s, but it, it's certainly something that I, I've I've always been concerned with. And that is. Um, equally important here. And for that reason, I am giving it a 10. No, this is one of the most, I would actually, I would say, and I'm, I'm not even, I'm not trolling. This is no. the most important Kaiju film of the 1990s because no. without this film and the reaction to this film, you do not have the millennium era. Well, you do not well, have the ripple effect of the interest in these kind of movies, which gives us Field, which then gives mm. us the MonsterVerse and then gives us the Golden Age. Without this movie, we do not. This movie changed the shape of the franchise for better, for worse, because at the time everyone's saying for worse. But with Toho made the Millennium Era because they wanted a reaction to that movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you don't have the MonsterVerse. You don't have the new Kaiju boom that we are currently in without this movie doing what it did. You don't have to give it a 10, though, bye. And for that reason, I am giving it a 10 because it is the most important <laughs> kaiju film of the 1990s. I was about to say, for that reason. eight is enlightening, a nine on our scale is enriching and transformative, which I think you can argue. A 10 is a divine encounter with the kaiju cinema. Uh, because this movie gives us, again... A 10 in terms of what it means for kaiju cinema. Yeah, that's not the only part of the... the, I I understand that, but that's... Again, that's why I prefaced. This is what I always rate that on, is its impact. And I I, I think it's hard to argue that no movie had a bigger impact on the worldwide trajectory of Godzilla and kaiju cinema than this movie's critical failure. Because everything for the next 10 years was a response to this movie. I, I cannot agree with that. I don't know. I have, the Toho flat out said they'd start the millennium era because they could not have this being the last word on Godzilla. I, I can't believe, I can't believe you give it that high score. I'm, I'm bumping my technical down to a six out of 10 because you're making me, <laughs> you're making me sad about how high this is getting. Well, then I'm bumping my technical to an eight out of 10. <laughs> Don't you dare. No, that brings that unbelievably miles brings your score for 
1998's Godzilla to a 9 out of 10. You like <laughs> this movie more than half of the Heisei films that you've rated for the show. And my score to a 6 out of 10. Oh, 6 out of 10? Yeah, 6 out of 10. And podcast close, final, closer to a 7 than an 8. Which is honestly exactly where I'm happy it it's, being. It's not the worst Godzilla film. A lot of people say, I think, I really think some of the stinkers from the 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 60s and 70s. I, I mean, I would rather watch this probably 100 times before going back to like an old monsters attack. Even though that you movie so is so like, hard on that movie. Movie's like 70 minutes and feels like eight hours. <laughs> I mean, and part of it was I knew you were gonna be really hard in this movie because I know you and I know your opinions in this movie. And, and I, I feel I like four like out of ten is actually pretty pretty nice. No, so I feel like a seven out of ten podcast score is exactly where it needs to be. Okay. Well but I but I I, 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 I I fully believe that this movie is monumentally important to the trajectory of future kaiju cinema. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about it a little bit now before we wrap up the episode. The legacy for this movie, TriStar had a the rights for a trilogy of Godzilla movies, Miles. Three mm-hmm. pictures. The the next one they were, you know, thinking of just going with Godzilla 2 as as the second film. And yeah, they they had Marie Patillo, Matthew Broderick, and um Jean Renault under contract for all three of those movies. The Holy Trinity. I mean, it would have made sense to bring back some of these characters oh, yeah. for, uh, you know, the the end of the film is one of the Godzilla babies survived. And obviously that one would grow up and I guess just do the same plot again. You know, production on, on the sequel was was greenlit, but they saw how little enthusiasm there was for this film it's, and decided, it's, yeah, they let the rights uh, expire and... Yeah, it's it's, uh, a, it's the same as uh, Batman and Robin because the movie was not a financial failure, but the enthusiasm was so low. They're like, yeah, we're not doing this again. Yeah, uh, yeah, they got raked over the coals by a lot of of reviewers. There was a Godzilla animated series developed by Jeff Klein and Richard Rainus that got a couple of seasons um, in on on Fox Kids. Mm-hmm. And it is a direct sequel. So that one is probably what we would have gotten something similar in Godzilla 2 is about that baby Godzilla that grows up very quickly and is actually very much closer to the original American Godzilla animated show in that the the humans are kind of friends with this Godzilla can can help help it out and summon it in, in, in different ways. And we're, we're going to watch that for the show. Miles. <laughs> yeah. This movie is not considered a bomb. It is, you know, critically very much cited as a failure. It cost almost twice as much as independence day. If you can believe that and made less than half of what that movie would make. So like I said, coupling that with the very expensive ad campaign, and, you know, this is a worldwide ad campaign. You understand why TriStar was reluctant because mm-hmm. they were sk- skating on that line of if the, if the sequel does worse then it would have probably bombed. So that, that plan trilogy did not go through. And like you said, to your point, Toho didn't have an idea to restart the Godzilla series, but they were emboldened by, at the very least, the name Godzilla being out there and fans, actual fans of Godzilla demanding to bring back 
the king of the monsters, the actual king of the monsters in some form or fashion. And believe it or not, we would only have to wait a year, uh, about a year and a half, actually, until Toho would make another Godzilla movie. The next Godzilla movie comes out in 1999 from from Toho, Mm -hmm. which I'm always confused by because it's called Godzilla 2000. (laughs) Well, because it was. Yeah, I mean. It was released like right before the New Year's, December of 99. So it was it was that's why it's called Godzilla 2000. (laughs) But I always always get the year wrong on that. I I Uh, do, too. I I always do the same thing. Yeah, I was like, that must be in our next season. No, that's the the technically the last movie of this season. And we'll we'll get to that as well. But yeah, that's kicks off the Millennium series of of Godzilla films. And like I said, I think to, to your credit, the thing that this movie does well is set up what not to do in a future American Godzilla movie. And I think the lessons were learned for the legendary picture. Some people don't like the legendary 2014 Godzilla. I'm not in that camp. I love the movie. I love them. And I think it takes the exact opposite approach to, to this monster. And we we will talk about that in uh a couple seasons of the show, <laughs> many a year or so down the line. Uh, right. Yeah, I've I've been dreading talking to you about this miles <laughs> uh, for the longest time because there is so much history. So much I know has been. Well, like I said, we need to do a lost episode movie. On, on the American Godzilla movies. Yeah, well, we we are going to talk about this Godzilla again because we are going to uh, take a brief look at Godzilla the series, the the animated series, in in a few episodes. the 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 animated series did not come out until September of 1998, uh, believe it or not, and that is a few episodes away. So, <laughs> uh, let let's end this episode and have have folks talk to us if you think. Uh, our podcast final score of seven out of ten is too high. <laughs> Email us at kaiju versus history at gmail.com or find us on your social medias at kaiju versus history. Uh, go on to our website as well. And you can find out about our reviews and our scores for all the kaiju movies we've done so far, which is I think a hundred and over a hundred movies on our yeah. letterboxed account. We, we, we have talked about some television and, and had some special episodes in there, but this is episode 115. So over a hundred, let us know what you think. Great review, comment our show that is going to do it for, I, I don't know if, yeah, I guess this is episode is just going to be called Godzilla 1998. That's just how we, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a little confusing because we've already had one called Godzilla, but miles, what, what is happening next time on the podcast? Well, thank you, Patrick, and thank you, listeners. And we're going to catch you next week when we look at a made-for-TV movie that released at the same time as Godzilla in the States on Fox TV, trying to cash in on the kaiju hype train and ultimately failing to the annals of creature feature cinema. That's right. Tune in next week for History versus Gargantua. Gargantua.